Thank you for listening to another episode of the Grit for 60 podcast. But first, uh, a quick ad read here from our friends over at MyBookie Online. As you guys know, there's no other sport like hockey, from the fast tempo to the fights to the highlight reel plays, and there's no better way to make it more exciting than betting on it. By understanding the details of each team and game, you can turn that knowledge into cash with MyBookie.ag. Nobody gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie has the best payouts and better odds than any other sports book. I wouldn't be telling you this if they weren't the best. You can risk a little or a lot on as many games as you want, and with Christmas around the corner, there are daily gifts, free plays, free spins, and more. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $100, you receive an extra $50 free money to play with. Deposit $200, get an extra $100, you get it. Just use the promo code THPN to activate the offer and take advantage of this. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. another episode of the grip for 60 podcast jekyll and hyde edition i like that i do too folks last week my message to the team was be better they listened sort of and then they didn't yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i just where, where to begin with this yeah uh first off uh hi i'm i'm brendan farrell uh Introduce yourself. I am Connor Farrell. Uh, I feel like every week we get worse with these introductions. Yeah. The longer we do this, we're just like, let's just talk about it and not tell the people who we are. Yeah, we're just going to assume you know us by this point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We're broadcasting live, well, not live, but we're broadcasting from the hick side of Florida. Uh, The the crap part of Florida. Well, not. Not really. I like Jacksonville. Jacksonville's a good town. But, you know, there's, there's Other a saying, people don't there's like a saying about Florida. You know, the further north you go, the more south it gets. Yes. Anyway. And we are pretty much as north as it gets. I just want to say I'm really glad that we spent, like, 15 minutes last episode talking about how good the Hurricanes are. And yes. how bad of a matchup it is. Oh, goodness, yes. That, that certainly paid off. Uh, I'm not happy the Jets won. Or lost. I'm just... No, but I'm happy to be right. There's a difference. I'm vindicated. Hey, that's a good. That's a good word for it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so since our last episode, the Jets have split their last two games. Uh, they beat Philadelphia seven to three, and then a couple nights later, they lose to Carolina six to three. So uh, we'll go with the Flyers game because I know you have a lot of. I that. do have thoughts on this game. Well, 
it was as the resident uh, oh Flyers fan. Give me your thoughts. Please don't try to talk for an hour. Okay. Jets played well. Jets did what they needed to do. And frankly, I was thinking about this uh, probably the day after it happened. I should have seen this coming. Because with the crazy puck luck the Jets didn't get on Thursday, and the fact that they were playing the Flyers, who have, you know, always really, really good one week, really, really bad the next week, and just an avalanche of bad news in this past week for the Flyers, it only makes sense that the Jets rebound from a terrible puck luck game to an amazing puck luck game. And it's just like... I, I'm sitting there thinking, like... Ugh, the... Yes, the Jets played well. The Jets took care of their chances. But they did get some goals that I'm like, ah, that... Mm, interesting. Um... Are you also saying that the team with a five-minute power play had a significant advantage in this game? Yeah, I, that's another thing that happened. And, like, but even before that, like, the Flyers were already losing at that point. It was already, um, I guess it was only 2-1 then, if I'm reading this correctly. Yeah. It was only 2-1 then, but there was the Jets were still out playing them, and that was just sort of the end of the game, pretty much in the second period there. Um, Joel Farabee took a stupid penalty. Should it, I can maybe see a major penalty for it because it was pretty late. It's not a game misconduct though, and it certainly isn't a three game suspension. The only thing I thought what maybe was uh, shocking that it was the suspension to me. I thought it was it, there's just no room for that. He didn't yeah. have the puck. He hit him like five seconds late, and he hit him high. <laughs> Apparently, um, the Flyers timed the difference between that hit and the hit between uh, Borowicki made on TK, and the difference was about half a second. And Borowicki's got nothing, and then this one got three yeah, games. Yeah, but even then, a half a second is... It's a lot. A lot. It's, I'm not saying it's a great argument, but it's... Is the difference... You know, that's an argument for a different day. Um, different podcast altogether. Um... And that that was really troubling for the Flyers team. It's already missing, I think it was at that time, five forwards due to injury. It was some like TK had a concussion. Uh, Nolan Patrick's had migraines the entire season and hasn't played a single minute. Uh, I think Scott Lawton was hurt. Um, Phil Myers, who's a defenseman, had back spasms. Uh, it was just... This was a very weakened Flyers team, and a Flyers. T oh, and Os Oscar Lindblom was diagnosed with bone cancer a few days before this game happened. Like nothing was going right for this Flyers team, and the Jets took advantage of it. That was my takeaway from this, and they did. They played a good game. They played a solid game, and I don't want to take anything away from the Jets. It's you know always good to see Ellers up on the scoreboard. Lucas Sabiza scored a goal. Like that. Yeah, there was some there was some uh, questionable goaltending from Brian Elliott, for sure. Uh, the Ellers goal is nice. It's been di uh, dissected on NHL Network. Right, but like that Spiza goal was uh, <sighs> bad. Yeah, I, I, he's, that's his second of the, the season. I think we said the same thing about his other goal. I was like, that just shouldn't happen. Listen, as the resident expert in horrible goaltending, that was a that was a bad goal. Oh, listen. Your goaltending recently has been worse, but as a Flyers fan, I've been living with horrible goaltending my entire life. 
So I know what bad goaltending looks like. Yes, thank you. Yeah, but also San Jose's goaltending is, like, cataclysmically bad. Yes, it's been cataclysmically bad for a few years, yes. For uh, approximately two. Approximately two years. <laughs> two, and then, like, the front season, like, the number two. Do, um, do you think with the, a new goalie coach, Martin Jones might get better this year? Yeah, I just love how they were like, yeah, we're going to roll with Aaron Dell because Martin Jones needs more work with, with Nabokov. But Wait, anyway. Nabokov is your new goalie coach? Yeah. Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah. Even though, even though Nabokov, it seems very similar to me. Like, oh, he was great, and then he was bad. Like, yeah, but that's because you just got older. Martin Jones was great, and then he was... Terrible. Yeah. The worst. Anyway, uh, non-San Jose or Philly goaltending related. Uh, you know it's a bad day uh, when Logan Shaw scores on you. Mr. I'm 27 years old and I have 13 career goals. Yeah. And it was assisted by Shore and Bork. Like, that's... That's, uh... That's not good. It's great company. What are you talking about? But you know what? JVR scored three goals in three games, so I'm sure he's on the come-up. The reason I say that is because his other two goals in those three games were also meaningless. Uh, also, that was... In, uh, in a route. That was also Bork's first goal of the season, and his first as a Jet. Shaw's first goal? Uh, no, Bork's. Listen to me next time. Bork? Yeah. Bork didn't have a goal. Just I'm looking at it. He had an Oh, assist. you're assisted. You said assist. Never mind. I didn't say anything. Listen to me. <laughs> uh, so, but it was Logan Shaw's first of the season. So, yeah. So good goaltending on one end, bad goaltending on the other. Ugh, just why did it have to be us? Why did it have to be the Flyers? I don't know. <sighs> okay. Um, your thoughts. I went on and on. So, uh, lots of power play goals in this game. I wonder why. Lots and lots of power play goals. Uh, three of them, to be exact. So, you know, that's always great. Uh, and, well, three for the Jets. Combined two power plays for, uh, four for six on the night. So, if you hate penalty killing, it was a good night. Which is weird, because the Flyers' penalty kill has been... Um, pretty good this season for the most part. Like one of the positives from this season has been the penalty kill, and but I guess you know killing a five minute major is a little bit different. Uh, and this game was also very jetsy in the sense that uh, the possession was roughly even, but quality be damned. <laughs> But hey, they scored two shots from the point at 5-1-5, so... Yes! Point shots work! Watch the game, nerd! They're both on the same side of the ice, too. <laughs> They're like the same shot, basically. Jeez. Uh, yeah. Grip for 60, bingo. Point shots work, watch the game, nerd. You just hit him back-to-back. -back. Connor Hella... Well, yeah. Connor Hellebuck was good. Nikolai Ellers was good. We need one more to make bingo. I mean, you had well, yeah, you had a bunch of goal scorers. Oh, well, re reference to Martin Jones. Yeah, 
Or also just generally a San Jose reference. Generally San Jose reference, generally filled up. This is just the most grit for 60 Well, I was going to talk about my boy Andrew Cops out. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, apparently Cops out with uh, something. He's out I for like a week injured. or two. Did you say he was out for the season? No, I said out for a week or two. Oh, well, maybe I need to listen to you. Yeah. That's what we should have called this. The Pay Attention podcast. Yeah, so... Uh, there's that. Listen to my words. Alright. Um, yeah, I... Great game for the Jets. They, I mean, they got their job done. The Flyers just... Again, this is another win for the Jets where I'm just like... I don't know if I can really learn anything about the Jets because the other team was just so bad. Yeah. Um, they didn't do a great job of... Limiting quality for the Flyers uh, at five on five. The expected goals were two point five seven to one point nine. So that's wait, who had fun. the two point five? Uh, the Flyers. Really, it's really closer to two point six. Well, okay, but Jets can't defend. What else is new? Uh, I don't know. Are you saying that the Jets can't defend? And well, this is actually one of their better nights quality wise, in the sense that they actually found the crease tonight. Not tonight. The other night. Um, never mind, I'll touch on it in the next game. Uh, one other moment, as I'm looking at the goal scorers, I just want to point out, and I don't think this is mentioned nearly enough on this podcast, Nikolai Ellers is a good-looking dude. Yeah, I was going to call him... got to fight off uh, Kyle Connor and his flow. Oh. I mean, but that's different. He's... Kyle Connor also has a very rough ginger beard going on, and that's not yeah, doing very many favors. Come on, that hair, though. The hair is sick. It's very interesting because a lot of times some of these Jets players are very, like, they, like, their face, like, appearance is very, like, standard, very generic white guy. And then you've got Kyle Connor who just kind of looks like a cartoon character. Yeah. Um, and I was going to call him Nick Ellers, um, the, the Jets' best-looking Finn because of Line A, but then I realized he's Danish. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts from this game? I, I don't really feel like there are a whole lot of takeaways that we have other than uh, that Jets were just really good offensively in this game. Get well soon, Oscar. Hashtag Oscar Strong. Yes, we here at the podcast do uh, wish Oscar Lindblom a successful recovery from some, what, what is it? Ewing sarcoma. That's it's it. a bone cancer. Yeah. Um, from what I have heard, uh, the survival rate is pretty good. And there have been athletes in the past who have had Ewing sarcoma that have come back and played to their fullest potential. Well, close to their fullest potential. Uh, so, I mean, I don't want to ever underestimate cancer. Yes. But, I'm not ruling out a return of Oscar Lindblom sometime in the future. Just basically cancer sucks. Yeah, cancer sucks. At least it's not pancreatic cancer, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Pancreatic cancer is a bitch. And the treatment's gotta suck. That's totally what I should call the, uh, the episode. Is, uh, pancreatic cancer is a bitch. <laughs> well, I guess as long as we're talking about hockey, you can just say cancer's a bitch. Yeah. 
Um, all right, so let's move into the Carolina game. Uh, oh. Yeah, we were we were right. We're not right very often, but we were right about this one, and I'm, I'm still very, <laughs> very happy about that. <laughs> you know, I, I was, you know, part of the way through this game, I thought, you know, the Jets are going to win this game just to prove me wrong once again. Just because, just because they got the chance to prove me wrong, they're going to lose this game, or they're going to win this game. And then the Kane, and then Sveshnikov lacrosse, and that was pretty much yeah. the end of that. And he's just getting better at it too. It, that was such a smooth. Like before, he he definitely like messed it up. Or like had to, he had time to like fix it. That was so smooth last night. Like just. The hilarious. How do you beat a goalie like Connor Hellebuck? The Pull hilarious... some dumb shit out like that. The hilarious thing to me is that also, um, like these lacrosse goals just break like all of the uh, expected goals models. Because <laughs> the shot is like from behind. Yeah, the, the shots net. were like registered from like behind the net. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, this is from um, Evolving Hockey's Twitter page. Andrei Zvechnikov's second lacrosse goal of the season had an expected goals value of three point six seven percent. Again, the model does not know what to do with this. <laughs> expected to score three goals on one shot. No, 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 3.67%. Oh. So, meaning that you're expected to score 3.67% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, how would... You would have to, like, bank it off, like, two, on a normal shot. Shooting from there, you'd have to bank it off of, like, two players' skates and have it go in. Yeah, essentially. Or it might be, like, one of those, like, uh, flurry chances where it just, you know, ends up behind the net and you just bank it off the goalie's back and then... Mm. Well, but... Uh, I thought it was, like... Almost directly behind the net, which would make that difficult unless the goalie was out of position. Yeah. True enough. Um, but yeah, so hot well, take. Andrei Zveshnikov is very good at hockey. good. He, he does the hockey very well. You know who else is really good at hockey? Uh, lots of people. Um, I don't know. Sebastian Ajo? Yeah. You got Ajo'd in the face. You got Ahoed in the face. That's what it Ahoed in the face. The uh the Jets weren't as badly beaten in the advanced numbers as I thought they were going to be. Like I thought they were gonna be just completely caved in. They still got like abused pretty badly. But it wasn't yeah. as dramatically awful as I thought it was going to be. They also had uh, Natural Statric actually has them ahead in expected goals, which is odd. I mean, for a while, it did look like the Winnipeg Jets were keeping up, which is good. Like, I, as I was watching this game, I'm like, they're bringing it to, like, there's a back and forth. The Hurricanes are a very good team. And if, you know, the Jets can play with the Hurricanes for 60 minutes instead of, what was it, 30 tonight? Not tonight. Tuesday? Roughly, yeah. I mean, if they can play that, that way over 60 instead of half the game, that's not, I mean, that's good. Good stuff. Um, one thing I did notice. I know how you and I love offense from behind the net. Yes. It looks like Mark Shifley has figured out how to do that, but I don't think anybody else on the team has figured out that it's good yet. Like, last night looked like he had a very determined effort to get behind the net and find someone in the crease. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yep. I, I don't I, know. 
But it's like he's the only <laughs> he's the only one that I've noticed to actually try this. Um, so hot take, Mark Shifley listens to the pod. It's the only explanation, Mark. If you're listening, come on the show. Yeah, shoot us a DM. Friend of the pod, Mark Shifley confirmed. Shoot your shot. There we go. We'll we'll, we'll make time. But yeah, I mean, this was kind. Of, the outcome was what I expected. Yes. Some of the other things. Are, yeah, I'm not really sure how that happened, but you know. Oh, you it's... oh you mean like Jack Rosovic's goal? Yeah. I'll tell you how it happened. Point shot. Point shots work. Watch the game, nerd. <laughs> I'm just going to beat this joke into the ground. Until it stops happening. <laughs> Dude, I always love like going back, like <laughs> editing these episodes. I use the term edit very loosely. Um, yeah. And I always like, because it shows you like the volume of like the episode as it goes yeah. on, and I'm like, what is this weird spike right here? <laughs> and it's like, I listen to it, it's like, oh, that's Connor yelling and clapping again, okay. Um, okay. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a very smooth goal, though, by Jack Rosovic. Um, it caused me to tweet at... B Farrell seven two seven. Point shots work. Hashtag watch the game. Um, so, I mean, I don't have anything else from this game. I don't think. Other than next time, let's not get Ahoed in the face. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it turns out that uh, when you play good teams, Connor Halbuck isn't going to save you every time. Well, not if, not if. At least one of their shots is a lacrosse shot. Well, I guess, yeah. How long is it until goalies adapt to the lacrosse shot? Like, how prevalent in the game is, does that have to be for goalies to be like, you know what? Fuck that. I don't, I don't know. It's like, how many people can honestly do that in a game? Sveshnikov. Sveshnikov's the only person who's been able to do like it. I like there are more that can, but nobody... Like, these... You're telling me that in a, a league of the top, like, 0.1% of hockey players in the world, only one guy can do this consistently? I'm just saying in a game setting. I'm not sure how many people can do it in a game setting. Because there are so many things you have, to, you have to keep in mind. You have to balance it on the stick correctly. You have to do it fast. Right, if you do it fast, you, you don't have to, have to worry about balance. You have to have enough space for it. And you gotta keep it under the crossbar. I guess that's the other thing, is... Do the Jets give them too much space there? Oh, and, that was so smooth! And also, you can't hit the goalie in the face. Don't hit the goalie in the face. Not really sure if high sticking Maybe? But it's below the crossbar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird gray area of, like... I, mean, I think it's goalie interference. The other thing I was gonna bring up about this is... It's like, it breaks all conventions of normal goaltending. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really sure how you're supposed to... Unless you're, like, trying to, like, hug the post with, like, your shoulder, maybe? I don't, I don't know. You have to, like, predict it coming. Um, oh, the other thing I wanted to point out was... I noticed um, Neil Pionk. His strength is not in the defensive zone. Eugene, you don't say. They were just... <laughs> I think it was one of the... I want to say it was one of the... Was there a power play goal? Yeah. It was. But I want to say it was... 
before that... There was only there one was, successful penalty kill in this game. Where the, um... The Canes passed it, like, right in front of the crease. It went... You, as I'm watching the replay, I'm watching Neil Pionk watch this puck go past him. He was, like, six inches from his skate. I'm just... He's just watching it go past him, and it goes in. Just right across the crease. I'm not really going to blame Connor Hellbuck on this, even though maybe he could have jabbed at it. Uh, he, I think he's still probably just worrying about getting across the other side of the net. But, like, Neil, buddy, you can't watch that. Um, so, my takeaways are Shifley good, Pionk bad. Yeah, and with uh, this latest stretch, the Jets' penalty kill is down to 30th in the league. Yay. Okay, but who who's last in the league in penalty minutes? Because uh, last time we did this, doesn't... the Jets were the lowest in penalties. Okay, team, but so. still, if you're getting... If you're only killing penalties 73.5% of the time... Yeah, I mean, it's not good. But if you don't take penalties, then... Uh, I'm not looking at how many penalties. I don't know. This one might be a TS, maybe. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. Time shorthanded. Yeah. Uh, the Jets. I mean, yes, oh! the 30th in the league and and time shorthanded. Time shorthanded. But still, not great. Not shorthanded minutes. You know what's you know what's better than um, taking uh, very few penalties. Scoring goals. Taking very few penalties and killing the ones that you do take. Well, yeah. It would be ideal, but, you know, this is the Winnipeg Jets. We don't live in ideals. We, we live pretty much in a land that's opposite of ideals. As as Marat wisely put it, we live in absurdity. Yes. All right, uh, so we're going to close this episode out with, instead of previewing the Blackhawks like we usually do, um, I had an interview... Uh, with the guys over at uh, the Blackhawks podcast here at the Hockey Podcast Network. So uh, that's going to be attached to the end of this episode. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's Grant over at their podcast, uh, the Hungry for Hawks Talk podcast. So go hit them up as well. Uh, yeah. So, uh, TC, you got any final notes? Um. Good. All right. No. <laughs> All right, everyone. Um, thanks for watching this again. Uh, and you can find us on Twitter. You can find me at bfarrell727. You can find TC at TC underscore TC underscore 904. Uh, on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can find the podcast at grid per 60 pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Once again, I'm still working on getting all of our uh, Spotify pages updated. So that's that's fun. And iTunes, too. Um, so, yeah. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening. And uh, have a good one. What's going on? We have Brendan Farrell from the Grit Per 60 podcast. They are the Winnipeg Jets affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. How are you doing, Brendan? I'm doing all right. How are you? 
I'm all right, man. Uh, do you want to give everybody your social media, Twitter handles and, and everything like that so they can get at you after this interview? Yeah. Um, so our podcast is at grit for 60 pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, and you can also find me on Twitter at bfarrell 727. Perfect. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I just wanted to, uh, get, you know, a, a sense of who the Winnipeg Jets are this season, because, uh, this is going to be the first game of the uh, season series for us this coming week on Thursday that we play. Yeah. The, the Jets are kind of interesting in the sense that like, obviously the season was going to be limited by that defensive core just because they had so many people leave. And also they've replaced them with essentially like barely NHL caliber defensemen. Um, mm-hmm. Like the defense is essentially just more CP onk and, you know, four guys who have never, or, you know, four guys you are basically like just there. Yeah. But a lot of it has been uh, Connor Hellebuck. Connor Hellebuck uh, to me is, I, I think, a very good Vezina candidate as of right now. He reminds me a lot of, uh, and I've brought this up a few times on our podcast, but he reminds me a lot of like John Gibson last year when he was like, he got off that really, really good start. Like those first two months were just like really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just kind of sort of carrying that team into the playoff or into a playoff position. And so I, I think that it's kind of a similar situation. Like the underlying numbers in Winnipeg haven't been very good this year. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of their success has been just because Karn Halbach has been there to, to, you know, keep things close. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, you've, you've kind of covered quite a bit. I mean, like you said, a lot of people weren't expecting, like me, me included, we weren't expecting the Jets to be as competitive this year, right? Because uh, a few people even predicted that they'd fall out of the top three. And you mentioned a lot, there are a lot of choose from so far this year in terms of uh, what's really helped you guys. So would you say that Hellebuck continuing to prove that he's an all-star attendee, the biggest reason why your Jets are, are still vying for a top spot in the, in the division? Yeah, I think it's kind of funny you brought it up because I was thinking kind of something similar in the sense that um, both of our teams don't have very good defenses, but they've gotten <laughs> some really big boosts from goaltending. Yeah, um, for sure. It's just that the Jets are just a little bit you know, better in other facets. Their, little, their, their forwards are a little deeper, I think. Yeah, well, let's call it like it is. They're, your Jets are way better at <laughs> in terms of uh, depth and, and offensive depth throughout the lineup. I mean, you, you talk about it, right? So a lot of these guys have stepped their games up, right? Ehlers has become an elite goal scorer. Shifley has mind-bendingly found another level to reach this year. Uh, the blue line continues to play well despite you know injuries early on and uh, some significant losses to to free agency and and trade. Like you mentioned, you guys really only have uh, Morrissey and and Pionk who had any type of of uh, experience uh, at the NHL level. Um, so, if you had to choose, who would you say has impressed you the most this season? Uh, I would say uh, Nikolai Ellers probably. Mm-hmm. I would say either him or. I don't know if it impressed me the most is the best way to put it, but uh, another player I think I've seen their game change a lot is Patrick Laine. Yeah. He's been a little bit less one-dimensional this year. He's been more of a playmaker this year, which is really weird to me, and I'm still getting <laughs> used to it. But Yeah, um, for sure. To me, Nikolai Ellers has just been unbelievable for this team. And, uh, like, the underlying numbers are just off the charts. And, uh, you know, 25 points, 14 goals. 
this season. Um, he only has seven fewer this season than he did all of last season. Um, oh, wow. He only has 12 fewer points than he did all of last season. So, you know, he's just doing a lot of things right. And uh, he, he's shooting a little bit over his career shooting percentage, but you know, a lot of his shots are from high danger areas. And, you know, he's just, he's just a really good dynamic player that I think gets overlooked a lot. Right. And uh, what do you think has, has changed since that has given him this, this newfound goal scoring ability? You know, you mentioned Patrick Laine is, is more of a playmaker now. Do you think that has anything to do with the fact that they split Ehlers and Line up and, and now Line is playing with Shifley and, and Ehlers is playing with Wheeler? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's been a lot, of, a lot of moving parts just because of, you know, all of the injuries this year that, uh, you know, it, it's been a little hard to keep up with uh, the different lines. Like the, you know, it's, it's been kind of hard for them to get consistent line pairings this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of it is just, sort of a regression back to the mean like I think Ellers last year was a much better player than his 40 or not even 40 37 points would suggest his second and third seasons in the NHL he was a 60 point player and all of a sudden he falls down falls off to 37 like yeah something's got to give mm-hmm. cool I just wanted to get your your thoughts on the on the Paul Maurice situation Right. There, there have been some rumors that uh, he'd be a good candidate to be Seattle's uh, first head coach. And he's currently in the, fi- in the final year of the contract that he signed. He's had two extensions already. Uh, what are your thoughts on Paul Maurice, his coaching style? Do you believe he deserves another extension? And would you like to see him back next year? All right. Yeah, that's a little bit of a, that's kind of a loaded question. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, Paul Maurice has been around a lot. He's been... He was very experienced. He's been in Winnipeg for for a while, and I think he's at the point where he's one of the, he has one of the longest tenures in the league. I think with mm-hmm. the same team, especially with uh, Peter DeBoer just getting fired. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really think he's like the greatest coach per se, and I think some people may look at this year as a really good year for him as a coach, considering just like what that defensive core looks like. But I, I think that. He, I think he honestly be getting maybe a little too much credit for that, considering that I, I think they're just getting some unbelievable goaltending from from Connor Hellebuck, and that it's difficult for me to do any sort of other analysis or takeaways of this team because without like even with like league average goaltending, like this team isn't isn't in a playoff spot, like they wouldn't be close to it. Right. So I don't think that people would be upset really if. Mm-hmm. Paul Maurice ended up in Seattle. Right. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I just ask because, you know, with, uh, with, with the Hawks fans, you know, there's, there's been a lot of people out there uh, calling for Jeremy Colleton's head and, you know, saying that he's inexperienced and all these things. So um, I just wanted to get, you know, the pulse of uh, the other teams, but you guys are, are looking like you, you can be, pretty good contenders this year especially if uh like you said Connor Hellebuck can continue playing at the all-star level that he's at and although it's early the trade deadline is approaching do you think Kevin will actually take a day off at the trade deadline and stand pat or do you think he'll be looking to buy I don't really think they're in a situation to buy this year at least to me I don't really think that I I think that having the third in the central is kind of uh uh, I, I think they're punching above their weight right now. So I think for them, buying would be ill-advised. 
unless like, you know, you never want to say no, right? Like if Edmonton is offering something stupid for one of their pieces, like, yeah, go ahead, take it, you know, Mm -hmm. or some other rebuilding team, like, like Detroit's offering Athanasiu for some ridiculously low price, like go ahead and take it. Like, I don't see the problem in it. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if there's a good deal for a defenseman, like go ahead and take it. But I think for them, like giving up pieces is probably a bad idea. Like, the Jets are in this difficult situation where the team right now isn't that great and their farm system isn't very good. Mm -hmm. So like further hampering the farm system in order to uh, help a middling at best team doesn't really seem like the best of ideas right now. And especially in a, a year where the draft class is so good, like they're already missing a fourth and a seventh this year. Right. So already like, moving a first or a second is just just seems like a really bad idea to me. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So who would be a dream target for you? If you could make a trade, who would you want the Jets to go after? For me, I think that they need somebody else on the defense. Mm -hmm. Like you could probably roll with that forward core in the playoffs and not get completely hammered. But that defensive core is, is just so bad. Like yeah, I'm looking at it. <laughs> like when Lucas Biza is a regular yeah. with your defensive pairings and he's somehow like maybe not your worst defenseman in the lineup, <laughs> it, it, it's really tough. Like I don't think you can go into a playoff series with Tucker Pullman, Lucas Biza, Anthony Potato, and Nathan Beaulieu and right. expect to like be successful like to, to, that's not a great approach to me yeah um so i mean i don't know if toronto's dealing at the deadline and they maybe want to see if they can get something for tyson barry like maybe you take a chance on that mm-hmm. um you know maybe like a dylan Demello who's cheap and he's a pretty decent defenseman yeah you know ottawa's gonna be moving pieces i don't know if they really want to re-sign a 27 year old defenseman so, yeah. um, and that was just like a, yeah, just a brief look at who's available. Um, okay. I could see the Sharks maybe moving Brendan Dillon. Yeah. So kind of like, uh, kind of like depth pieces that you can really use to, to round out your team. Yeah. And that the only sense. other thing I can think of would be moving a forward for like, if the Blues are shopping Alex Petrangelo because they don't they think that they can resign him. Right. Like, maybe do that. But right. Honestly, I, I just think that the right thing to do would be to either sell or stand put at the deadline. I think that making the playoffs this year would just be a sort of a gift, you know, like an added mm. reward for not completely sucking this year. <laughs> That's fair. Were, were you guys expecting to, to not play as well as you have been so far as well? I, I just think that a lot of people looked at this team with – Connor Hellebuck not playing super great last year and with just the way that the defense is like it it was difficult for me to look at that and be like this is any like it's to pretend like that team is anything more than like a first round barely make the playoffs sort of team Mm -hmm. I thought was a little ridiculous Uh, maybe I'm just a little more negative about the Jets than others (laughs) Um, because I'm very much a process person I just sort of figure if your process is good enough that eventually the wins will come. To me, the Jets are winning a lot despite the process being not super great. Uh, And 
describing it as not super great is probably uh, a little too complimentary of it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, would you, could you expand on, on the, uh, on the processes that you're talking about? Like, are you talking about uh, yeah, like, transition play or just, they're not very good at producing dangerous chances at five on five. Mm. They give up a lot in their own end. You know, they don't really have that many good puck movers. It's just sort of kind of everything. And it just sort of depends on Connor Hellbuck making a lot of saves. And I, I just, I'm just not a fan of that. I don't think it's a particularly like repeatable process. Right. Uh, and right now the Jets only sit at 14 wins in regulation through 33 mm. games. That's the sort of oh, stuff well, yeah. that makes me raise my eyebrows and be like, yeah, I, I don't know about that. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually quite interesting now that, you know, we're chatting and both our teams are similar in terms of the back end, right? Our, our defense is, our defense, especially the Hawks defense has, has just been devastated by, <laughs> by injuries. Um, so our matchup coming up on uh, Thursday, December the 19th, who should we be keeping an eye on? Like I said, uh, Nikolai Ellers has been really good, just mm-hmm. not only lately, but also uh, just the season. Kyle Connor's been pretty hot in his last few games, uh, and I, I'm just a big fan of him as a player. Uh, he's had, let's see, uh, four, nine points in his last five, so I would keep an eye out on him. So I think those two are the ones that I would keep an eye out in addition to, like obviously, like Shifley and Line A. Yeah, you know, for us, it's it's all about the forwards. It's all about the top six, right? So if you keep them off the board, you you've got a good shot. <laughs> that's fair, and you know, with the the way the Hawks have been playing, I don't I don't know if that's that's going to be the case. You know, we uh, we definitely give up more opportunities in our own end, and what, if we get the lead, it's it's very hard for us to keep it. So I think uh, yeah, I think we'll be we'll be definitely keeping an eye on on your forwards, like we've been saying. I will be keeping an eye on whoever will be playing in net. We've been having a very hard time keeping leads, even when we do get them. You know, that game against Minnesota was the exception. But, but anyway, I appreciate you coming on, Brendan, and, uh, and chatting with us about the Jets. And it's, it's always nice to, to keep tabs on, you know, our divisional rivals. Yeah, uh, sounds good. Thanks Great. for having me on. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, man. Got no problem. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.